The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Orange is a New Black live Q&A session. I am your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Hude. Zim, say what's up. Hey, I'm Zim. (laughs) We appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. And last week, we started something off where we kind of took listener questions. Um, We wanted to do that again tonight, so we followed up with that. Um, So kicking things off, it looks like... The first question comes from uh, Victor Senko. Do the Patriots get punished for recording the Bengals on the sideline? Or did they get punished? I don't think they've been punished yet. Yeah, they did. They got the fine of um, – uh, let's come back to that. They got they got, they got got the fine. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Looking for some more questions. So, Tua would be the savior for one team, the Lions – but Burrow, oh no, don't go to the Bengals. They got uh, oh two fifty thousand. That's kind of crazy to me, right? Like I know we don't want to spend too much time addressing these crazy media narratives, but what's crazy to me is like if Joe Burrow does reject going to the Bengals, is he supposed to go to the Redskins? Is he supposed to go to the Lions? Are those supposed to be like great organizations? Because to me, they're not. So I hear the national media making all this noise, but like. What's the alternative? Where is he forcing the Eli to? Like the second and third teams aren't really great organizations themselves. One organization is going 0 and 16. The Bengals have never done that. And I can't remember the last time the Lions were in the playoffs. Not to mention them having two of their best players retire on them in their primes with Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. So to me, it's just kind of crazy. Okay. Um, so as you were saying that, I just looked that up. I was wrong. They they did get fined two thousand seven for seven hundred fifty thousand for the Spygate thing. It says in January that they they uh, announced that they would be disciplined for it, but it mm-hmm. does not list what what the discipline was though. Yeah, and if you guys don't know, they got caught uh, filming the Bengals on December eighth. Right, right. Zim, I got a question for you right here. Why does everyone hate on the Bengals, but not anyone else? It seems like that's what Pixel Productions wants to ask. I feel like a lot of people will hate on other teams as well. If, but it's just right now. I think as a Bengals fan, we're not used to us being in the center of the big media pile that is thrown in people's way. Like the media is so crazy. If you guys are watching this, right? Do you know how many positive quotes that have come out of the Burrow family? How many positive quotes that have come from Joe Burrow himself by saying like, "Oh, I would love the idea of playing in Ohio." Like. You know, right. he said a lot of different things. The family said, even the father and the mom said, we don't know where this is coming from. Joe would love to play for them guys. Like, they're just happy at the fact that number one. But Joe Burrow slipped up one time this past week, if you guys weren't watching, and he said, I have leverage in, in one of his sentences, right? But he wasn't saying, I have leverage against the Bengals. He meant he had leverage in the sense of, I'm, I, I'm potentially the number one pick. And maybe you, he didn't clarify those comments, 
But the way that I took him when you when you watch him say it is that he's saying that in that sense, I have I get to dictate some things that maybe that I would like once I'm selected. But right. it depends on how you break down the census. You you really have to go watch it. If you guys haven't seen it, jo, um, Joe Burrow was accepting the Davey O'Brien Award this past week. And all throughout this whole time, he's never denied that he uh, – he's never said he doesn't want to play for the Bengals. But there's one time he says a sentence that says leverage in it, and it's just like in grade school. Like 100 people sit here the same thing, and it just starts getting flip, 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 flip. Before you know it, the headline is Joe Burrow is leveraging against the Bengals. And right. all of the comments about him in that same paragraph saying that he loved the idea of playing in Ohio, going back to Ohio – um, anybody that's willing to pay him uh, to play f- the game of football, like that's you know, like it's all these different things, and it just I just thought that's crazy how the media we're not used to this as Bengals fans though. How they'll just take Odell Beckham Jr. could tell you about this in New York, but they'll take one bit of his a sentence and make that like this thing, and then other news people pick it up, and then by the time we get it, most of the people that are Bengals fans say Odell's a crybaby, right? But he's right. really not. Right. It's just. That's what the media does to people like that. He's really not. He's just just as passionate as any anybody else playing football, but he's like considered one of the faces of football. So they right, exactly. You guys are tuning in to the Orange is a new black podcast live. You can find this podcast uh streaming on all of your platforms under the name Cincy Jungle. Oh, we are with the syndicate of all different kinds of Bengals podcasts, Orange and Black Insider. Check them out. Uh, they just had someone from PFF that they just interviewed, so be sure to check them out with uh, Anthony and John Sharon. We also have Matt Minish's Talk Talk, where he's going through and breaking down all sorts of things. But in respect to what Zim said, I have to totally agree with him. I think that a lot of people just tend to hate on the Bengals because they have they have kind of looked in, at the Bengals from afar, right? Um, there's always these people in the media that kind of always pick the Bengals as a sleeper team the last couple of years. And the Bengals have let them down, right? And it feeds into the other narrative that the Bengals just aren't a team that's ready for the spotlight. And then you tend to have all of these people that just negate all of the success that they've had and pretty much put it all on the fact that they haven't won a playoff game. Now, I'm not going to say that that's not a good benchmark to kind of judge success when it comes to NFL teams, but there's several teams. Like I just saw a tweet today, luckily from Pete Prisco that said the Bengals have been to the postseason more than the Cowboys have in the last decade. And the Cowboys are one of the biggest talked about teams. I mean, they're probably one of, if not the biggest fan base in the NFL, aside from probably the Steelers. Um, and you just don't hear those narratives. And I'll go into what Aaron Carr is asking is, why can't ESPN just admit that they don't like Cincinnati? That's kind of a part of what spawned my love-hate relationship with ESPN, to be honest with you. And it kind of started in 2011 when Andy Dalton was clearly going to be the quarterback and Jordan Palmer, ironically, because he's training Joe Burrow now, um, they were saying that he was going to be the quarterback. And it's just like, I understand that you're the national media and you have to cover 32 teams, but for you to not even have a post on what's going on with the Bengals, because we're not a big market team, because your viewers and the ratings that you come from, which are typically New York, I've heard about the New York Jets repeatedly and they've been trashed for the past decade. But if you're not in a big market, and I also see this down in Florida with Tampa, they don't talk about you. They don't know anything about you. And I think the fact that Cincinnati is the number one team, they have to find something to talk about. And this is what they're choosing to talk about. Zim, do you think that ESPN just hates on Cincinnati or do you think that it's just like media thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's just it's just lazy narratives and people picking up, uh, picking up storylines and running with it. Ratings. It's a mixture of all of these things, and and I hate to say it, all of us. If you really really trace it, it's always money driven. So to me, it's all about like ratings, um, clicks, uh, click per play, all that type of stuff, and just. Just in this moment right now where football is not being played, like all these all these different people have to generate views. And right. if they can and negativity, hate to say it, 
It just does that. It does that a lot better than positive. Like, you know how many Bengals stories that I could post of them doing things where they're helping out people in the community, and I look at the views and everything on it, and a lot of people will say, yeah, that's really good, but they're geared in towards if someone, something more negative happens or something happens, like when Bonses Burfick was on the team, and people just look at that, even our own fans and even myself. Like, it's one of the things where I guess you expect them to be positive and you expect them to be professional and you expect them to be almost like superheroes because they're famous and they're rich. And so everyday Joe's like myself, um, when something really bad happens, it's like, Oh, what's that superhero? You're, you're struggling over there. What's going on? You got something to say? Like, you know, like that's, that's what fuels Instagram. That's what fuels Twitter. It's negativity. And um, that's just the way it is. It really is. And I think you really hit on that. Like now it's almost like essentially that news has really been watered down and you get a lot of clickbaity stuff out there and just people just trying to write whatever headline that they can. And one one important thing I think that you touched on at uh, earlier was they just put a certain sentence or a certain phrase on there. Like we can't hear the actual audio of what Joe Burrow said. We can't tell his tone. We can't take anything. When, when, when the interview that they're talking about, though, you you could go watch it, though. It's, he was getting an acceptance speech for the Davy O'Brien Award or something like that. I'm going to tell everybody this. I don't care what headline y'all read. Joe Burrow is going to have 10 minutes on the podium next week at the Combine. If he says anything right. like that, that's the time. Like, I don't know if he had media training or whatever. If he's going to say something where he's d- going against Cincinnati, Next week is the time that y'all could do that. Right now, you're not going to catch any of it. They're recycling the same stuff. So if you wake up, and I saw something new. It caught my headline. I mean, it caught me, and they just recycled a story from two weeks ago, but they just right. changed the headline on it. And I was, like, watching it when I was at the gym. I was like, hold up, what the hell? And then it, <laughs> like, no, nah, this happened to me this earlier day. I'm like, and I'm like, oh. I'm, like, reading the clothes. Right. I'm like, man, this is trash. Like, But when he speaks next week, we'll be posting it. Oh, we'll definitely be listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could pick a linebacker, we're getting into some draft talk from Stone Gaming TV. If you could pick a linebacker in the draft, would it be Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen? Uh, I'm going to start off with this one for you. Uh, on my end, Patrick Queen coming into the season, I had seen him mocked it like a fourth round. As the season went on, he just started, because of his versatility and everything like that, I think – in the speed, yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm gonna say this. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start off like this. In this whole thing, I, it, this reminds me of last year. Everybody wanted a, a office alignment, and I was the guy that was screaming for. I forgot what the hell I wanted. I always wanted a quarterback, right? And then right. Uh, the year before that, everybody wanted. Did they want office line? Every time some and I and I wanted John Ross, right? Every time somebody wanted, wanted uh linebacker, some people wanted Devin White, some people wanted Reuben Foster. It's like I hate that was the big debate. It was Reuben Foster versus like who was John it? Ross. Um, it, I don't even think it was John Ross at the time. Jonathan Allen was up there, but he he kind of went. I didn't care about Jonathan Allen. I just know every year it's like Bengals fans are now fixated on linebacker, right? But if you're paying attention to how they're playing the game of football right now. And when I say the game of football, I'm talking about the Bengals. Three, four, five, two sets. And the way that they're doing it, the linebackers aren't really going to see the field. This guy that whoever, this guy that everybody's saying, we got to have this guy. If you look at the snap counts or whatever, that guy isn't going to play that much because Jermaine Pratt and possibly visual, they bring him back, is probably going to share snaps with this guy. And if you look around the league, there are very few Bobby Wagners in the league. And these coverage linebackers that you guys are looking at, like the Littletons of the world, hate to bust your Littleton bubble. I just don't see him playing like all of these snaps. Like he didn't play that many snaps for the Rams, and I don't see him playing that. And now I'm not saying the Bengals are even going to be in the runnings for that. Like Littleton is going to be like tier one, day one guy, overpaid guy, not even on the table. But when we bring a discussion of Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray, I do like Patrick Queen over Murray, but it won't be second round for me on any of them guys. Like for me, like I've already mentally like moved past that and I'll, I'll get into my mocks and stuff later on, but I'm just telling you guys, like it just, 
the way that they're playing right now, they're not going to do that. And these linebackers don't just – they're not on the field that much. For me, that, That's why the Devin Bush pick to the Steelers never really made that much sense to me. If you look at pro football focus and everything like that, I want a Devin Bush, but I can't take him that high because the, the amount of time that a linebacker is going to play in a 16 or now 17-game season – it's just not as high, and you're not going to get the, the return on your investment like you would like a corner. I could see them pulling a corner in the second round because now I still live, like that. that is a, a more important position. Like, that's how I draft, though. I, 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 I go by, like, more important position. Best player available, you couldn't convince me Patrick Crean or uh, Kenneth Murray is going to be better than I got three, four corners that I, I would take over them right now because they're just going to inf- – it's the same argument about a quarterback versus um, a D lineman guy. Like who 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 can swing the pendulum on the winning a game more, a quarterback or D lineman? Quarterback every time. So the the argument about Chase Young never ever ever was ever a thing for me. At number one, Chase Young is for a guy that already has the quarterback and they already probably even has some guys on their defensive line. I know I just went a whole other way, but I'm just not sold on drafting a linebacker that high for me and if he and if I'm drafting him that high he can't be a guy like a a Patrick Queen or somebody that was a fourth round prospect that just shot his way up there just because of athleticism and making plays early now will he go to the league and kill it he might but the chances of that of me hitting on that and I'm the Bengals scout team is not that high versus me hitting on a corner right now because even when you miss on a Dre, even if you miss on a on a on a Denard, you still get lots of snaps, and you still gonna see him out there a lot. A linebacker make a bad play, right? A twenty yard game. A cornerback make a, a bad play. That's a touchdown, right? right? Just like let's not make this science, people. A cornerback make a bad play, you gonna know about it. You are gonna say Drake Kerbatchers, he's trash. He got beat with a double move. That's a touchdown that he gave up. Linebacker missed a tackle. Twenty yard game. And it, and it's that simple to me. Sorry. Nah, you good. Um, <laughs> if if I were to pick a linebacker, I totally agree with them saying from a positional standpoint, you, you know, cornerbacks are a premium. They're a more important position. Um, but if it were if the ball were in my court, and if you're there in the second round, and depending on what corners are on the board or what defensive players are on the board, edge rushers as well. Um, if Kenneth Murray is staring you in the face uh, with the first pick of the, of the second round, you got to take him. Honestly, I don't think he'll be there. To be I don't honest, think neither one. I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think Patrick McQueen would be or Patrick Quinn would be there either. But I think Zim brings up a great point, right? And I was actually listening to a podcast today. Uh, locked on draft or locked on NFL draft with Trevor Sycamore. And they were talking about that. You really don't have a difference between linebackers. If you got have guys that are slow and can just stop the run. Right. Um, a big X factor is you have to have a guy that can do all three. You have to have a guy that can cover most notably because you got tight ends and receivers. These guys have to keep up with them. You have to have a guy that can stop the run. And you have to have a guy that can possibly blitz and fill gaps. It's hard to really find those guys, right? And there's no real difference between those top guys that you get and then the other guys that can kind of Finland and do some of those things but just aren't as fast or can't cover as well. And it really, really broadens the gap between those top tier guys and the other guys, like there's really no difference between one of those guys that if you pick them in the third round or in the sixth round, because they really genetically and pretty much the way that they perform on the field are the same player. So I think like Zim said, like if it's not one of these two guys, um, if, if Kenneth Murray is there in the second round, I'm running up to the podium. Um, Patrick Queen, I take either one of these guys, honestly, um, based on what we have. But to be honest, I would take a Corey Littleson or somebody else that's a veteran that I know is going to come in and immediately fill a need and don't want to risk this next guy being the next Paul Dawson. Like, like I just want to, I just want to bring this up to you guys when we're talking about linebackers who last year, right? Jordan Hicks, Denzel Perryman, C.J. Mosley, um, Zach Brown, who got cut, Corey Littleton. Quan Alexander, who made a big difference on their team. Josh Bynes, um, Quan Alexander, you know, he went out for the whole year. Brandon Marshall, Jake Ryan. These guys didn't change their teams, and they got paid a lot of money. And that's in free agency. So that's the other part of it. Like, I can't chase it. You know, like, I that it's dangerous chasing a linebacker in the draft. 
and the Bengals, that's not their MO. Ace does really, really good research on Bengals uh, trends in drafting, and he'll tell you first and foremost about the different trends that they follow. And it ain't going to be no linebacker second round unless it's somebody that fill out the first right. that is, like, sitting right in their face. Now, as we get to the combine and Kenny Murray and um, and uh, your boy Patrick Queen, they kill it and then now get projected as a first, things change, and then they fall to us, which I don't see happening. That's that's what Ace is saying. I, I can see something like that happening. But as of right now, they're they're both second round prospects to me, and they just don't line up with the guys that I'm looking at right now. I I got two tackles right now that could change the face of our offensive line at that same spot, and that and to me, I don't know. That, that's right. a philosoph- philosophical thing. So I just want Bengals fans to just when we talk about linebacker, I know y'all that's the narrative, and I know you watch football every week. And as the season went on, we stopped talking about linebacker. Just remember right. that as the season went on, they weren't attacking the middle of the field. If I had my PFF numbers, I'll pull them up for you right now. They were not attacking the middle of the field, and teams were not doing the same shit. And as we got later on into the season, then the, then then we started focusing on other things. But it, but fans just remember that part where they were killing linebacker early in the season. Cut Preston Brown. Pratt starts three four games in, goes on a tear plays really well. Me and Ace highlighted it. 12 tackles one game, 11 tackles the following game. They only played one linebacker on the field at a time. Right. Especially, and that's a great point that you bring there. Like, they really only use the nickel packages, especially with a lot of teams going three wide now. Never going to really have three linebackers on the field at the same time. Next question comes from Mariano Malave. I hope I'm saying your name right, bro. Malave. Bengals look into Snacks Harrison now that he was released. So in the background, you guys can probably see the Adam Schefter tweet that Damon Snacks uh, Harrison was released. Zim, do you think that the Bengals should look into him? He's 31 years old, coming off, I think, his third, third or fourth team now? For me, it, it's just about where does he fall. I, I don't think he's a day one, day two type of guy. So that, that is a guy that they probably could look at. Um, cut cut ties with Kerry Wynn. That's somebody I would want to kick the tires on for me. Yeah, I definitely would want to kick the tires on him too. If the price is right, you definitely have to have to look at him. Uh, Muscle Hamster asks, should we get a wide receiver in free agency? Who's out there? Somebody asked me that earlier today. Who are you going to get, Perryman? Perryman. Right? Uh, nope. This year is the year for wide receivers and tackles, right? Yeah. For me in the draft. I could go get me a third round, fourth round wide receiver, even if I got AJ and I and I had the franchise. If I if they franchise AJ and they don't give him this extension, yeah, I'm going wide receiver third round. Let me ask you this, uh, Zam, just off off the cuff. I was looking at uh, we can't sign retards. The Bengals.com mock draft, and somebody had the Bengals looking at wide receiver as as high as the second round with like T Higgins from Clemson. What do you think of that? It all depends on AJ. It's yeah, all it's right. all about AJ because once you delegate that much money to him, like say you franchise him, right? He's already right. let us know that after the season, he's not he, he's probably going to be gone if you try to franchise him. You could because this is the thing: once you franchise a guy, you can't then try to go in into uh, contract extensions during the season. Right. So that's the problem with franchising him. And then after that, he's free game, and he's probably gone at that point. So if that's the case. Then yeah, I, I will be looking if I'm looking. I don't know if T Higgins. I don't know, man. It's, it's a bunch of guys, bro. See, like guys like Jefferson and Chase, like they're they're like niche players that do one thing well. And we talked about that last time. I'm not against wide receivers that do something really, really well. And we have a whole group of them, and we get out of this mold where AJ Green gets hurt, and now suddenly our offense is trash, right? I'm trying to develop a wide receiver core where we're pretty much unstoppable, interchangeable, and I'm not looking for guys to get these big, crazy contracts. And when their time comes to get a contract, if they don't sign with me, I can go draft them again. I got, I'm, I'm pretty much taking a Patriots uh, playbook, for real, for real, for the most part, and just developing like guys that I think just do one thing really well. Even when they got Randy Moss, it was just to stretch the field. You know, they're right. still going to have their underneath guys. We still got the Tyler Boys of the world. We still got an Auden Tate that's going to be a great possession receiver. Like, I'm trying to develop a good wide receiver core, and I don't have to have a big star. 
Right, I agree with you on that. But um, so second round, it just depends on AJ Green. Okay. Um, what do you think of the seven teams from each conference going to the playoffs? Me personally, I think that that was a great move for the NFL. Um, why not get seven teams? I've always felt like when there's six that we kind of it kind of was not enough in, in a sense. When you come in, you look at you know the NBA and it's eight teams that get in, um, and you have a total of sixteen. It's like why not um, go ahead and add another playoff team there? And I think it just makes the NFL a lot more interesting. Now you could have teams get in like last year. I've heard people talk about oh well the Steelers would have got in and that would have just been a blowout, but Think about all the other teams that go nine and seven and just don't even make the playoffs. For me, I think that it makes things more interesting. Zen, what do you think? I think it makes it more interesting. You know who hit me this morning? Snoo Jr. <laughs> he was like, in that case, we would have made the playoffs every year under Mike Thomas. So I, I was good with six. You know what I you know what I don't like? I don't want 17. I don't like the 17 game though. Hey. I'm doing a goddamn live over here. And look, I don't like this 17 uh, game thing where all these players are just destroying all the records of all of these great players just because they got an extra game. I don't like that. The seven game thing doesn't bother me. I'd rather keep it like it is. Uh, I'm kind of news. I mean, I'm kind of old school in that regard. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so Zim and Ace, Ryan asked, should we draft O-line early or go with Scherf? I'm going to say I'm kind of torn with this one, right? Because it's like we could get Sheriff. I know that we're going to have to pay a pretty decent amount of money for him, right? But one guy that just keeps sticking in my head that I'm really thinking about is Solomon Kendley. Like if Solomon Kendley is there in the second round and you have a guy like him that you could bring in that could, you know, essentially sign for peanuts on the dollar and you could have – you know, your future guard there, or even Moody. I like Moody as well, although we'd have to wait for Moody. Hey, um, hey, Ace getting, hey, Ace got the gun cocked tonight. He got his players loaded up. He's ready for you guys. Y'all taking down notes? Because he's got some players for you guys. Write them down. Moody and Solomon Kenley, I think I would actually, I, I might go with them over Sherv. Now, if we could get Sherv, I would be geeked up. I would definitely be happy. But if we could um, grab one of those guys, a young guard that could be in their prime, it could be the next Quentin Nelson, um, well, it's kind of hard for me to pass on that. Zen, what do you think? I'm, You know, I'm on the Sheriff train, but one thing I have been looking at is availability. Sheriff has not played a 16-game season in a while. I've been standing on the table for my number one free agent person to be Brandon Sheriff, and there was an article on NFL.com that I highlighted today where Brandon Sheriff was – slated to go to Bengals because, like I said, the Bengals have to make one splash-type signing. That's like end of the first day, second day type of guy. Somebody just wrote on here, Sheriff's going to want $15 million. Um, uh, uh, What is the website? Top of the cap or uh, uh, cap hit? No, nah, not sports track. It's another one. It's called caphit.com or something. They haven't projected to get $14 million. I think in years to come, two years from now, that's peanuts, and I like that. But at the same time, uh, you always tell me this: Bengals don't play guards. I get it. Uh, I just, I just seen him in action, and that guy's the truth. You got him next to uh, Jonah. I, Whew, bro, like nasty. that's Joe Burrow's blind side right there. Like that's nasty. That's top ten NFL if he's playing and active. Like that's top ten NFL. Like all this offensive line stuff, we could put it to bed. Not that we even need it, because my man Joey B about to be scrambling all over the place throwing. Rockets and throwing everything all over the place anyway. So all you dog yeah. lovers, all you dog lovers, I'm going to prove you all wrong when my boy starts going crazy anywhere. I could come out with there with the same line and Joe Burrow will still go get me seven, eight wins. How about that? But if I get Brandon Sheriff, I don't have to rely on no prospecting. I don't have to rely on no scouts. And I know what I'm getting. But my only question with him, uh, is that 12.4? 12.4 million average average salary. He's 28 years old. They said he's projected. I saw uh that's on sports track though, right? Yeah, this is on sports track. This is good stuff. If you guys a lot of people ask me questions about different players, and this is all me and Ace do is go on the internet and look up. Sorry, uh, compared, I'm just laughing because they compared him to Cordy Glenn. So they compared his contracts and they say that the comparable players are Zach Martin, Andrew Norwell, Trey Turner, and Cordy Glenn. Don't forget this, people. I'm, I'm the more and more I'm watching this, bro. If Cordy Glenn 
can get down to that nine, 10 million type range, I think that's a that we can get a third, fourth, or something crazy like that. The only thing that bothers me is just people might just be thrown off about all of his antics and say, Yeah, we'll right. give you a fifth. We might give you a fifth. But he's worth he's worth a second or third if he's playing. If he was uh, playing. Pixel Productions asked that we see Mel Kuyper standing up for the Bengals. Yes, sure I did. did. I posted on my story too, as well. So Sam posted it on our story. I Be got sure. the audio. Y'all want to play it? I, I recorded the audio just in case. No, you can. Um, follow Zem at Zem underscore Uday on Instagram. That way you guys can be in tune with all of his stuff. He's always posting anything as soon as he gets there. Be sure to check him out. You can also ban the subscribe button here at New Stripe City. We're always going to have always uh, kind of like breaking news content and stuff like that. So definitely bang it here. The next question comes from John Doe, so you don't know. Do we look at strong safety and free agency around two? Me, I'm going to probably say, you guys know that I'm not a huge Sean Williams guy. It's not a secret. Um, I don't think that he's trash, but I, to me, I just feel like we could upgrade at that position, like a, a guy like a ha-ha Clinton Dix. Um, but that might be dreaming right there. I'm not even going to lie to you. I would love to have a ha-ha Clinton Dix. Um, I don't think so. Because of the journey that he's been on recently, I don't think it's that. That's why I bring him up. You think that's going to be a tough sell, and you think that's going to be a hard sign for us? I don't think it would be, but I, I would think that we would have to, and I, I have to look at the cap numbers to see, like, if we were to cut Sean Williams, how much hard, um, hard cap that would be. But I would think, like, I would think that the Bengals would have to cut him for that. And, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I wouldn't mind upgrading at the strong safety position because the secondary in general kind of struggled last year. And I think if you can inject someone that may be a little better in coverage, I'm, I'm not sure if Ha Ha Clinton Dix is that guy. But I think that that's where Sean Williams kind of suffers, in my opinion, is sometimes he's not the best guy in coverage and he's more focused on knocking guys out instead of, you know, maintaining the correct coverage and trying to cause turnovers. Then what are your thoughts? Do you think we should go in the draft or do you think that we should look at a strong safety and free agency? Draft, but honestly, I don't know what it looks like. Um, Ha-ha is like my guy, though. <laughs> like, if, to me, because of the way that he plays, the only other uh, safety that I know that's out there off the top of my head is like McCordy. See, how, this is another thing. Ha ha, Clinton Dix only made two million last year, and then he get like he just was, he was playing on a one year two two one million year, deal. Three million dollars. One, million, one year, three million dollars. Twenty seven, about to be twenty seven. Twenty seven. He two thousand nineteen. He made two million dollars. That's it. That's I, it, bro. Like, come three on, bro. Three million, Look, bro. You know, Two interceptions here, one touchdown, 78 tackles. You put that next to um, oh my god, like next to Jesse Bates. Like to me, that's my number. Like, that might be like at the top of my list for real. The he gets injured a lot, I know, at some point, and he had that prove it deal with the Bears or whatever. But even when he was with um even when he was Green with Bay. the Redskins, wasn't he with the Redskins one year after uh Green Bay? He has been around a lot. That's um, what I'm saying, bro. Like, it's not like it's not like I'm saying like I'm trying to get a top tier good dude. Let me tell you, the safeties up front. I'm gonna start doing my share screen after that. They have Devin McCourty as a free agent higher than him. They got uh, Justin Simmons. He's 26 for the Broncos. He's wrote. He's the guy that only made two million last year, but he's gonna make a lot more this year. Uh, Byron Jones is my number. Anthony Harris is the guy that's gonna get paid. There's a bunch of safeties that's gonna get paid before people even look at Ha Ha Clinton Dick. That's and true. He played for the Packers from for four seasons. He was on the Redskins. Jimmy like, Ward's out there, and then he was on the Bears. So that's crazy. Jimmy Ward's out there. There are other hybrid guys like Kendall Fuller that are out there too that can play corner. He's he's younger. He's at 25. So there's a bunch of guys. Somebody say, can I get a Hootie? Hootie. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, it looks like. And why somebody said that and then everybody just was like, Hootie. I like that. That's nice. That's crazy. Let me show you. Let me show you guys this pro football focus. Stuff on Ha Ha Clan Dicks. Yeah, I'm with you, Zim. I I would definitely take this guy. We're talking about a 74.2 overall grade, 76.3 in run defense. Elite. 
48.5 pass rush. Who really cares about that? <laughs> 75.5 in coverage, though. I right, need that's, to, that's I elite, need bro. That. Like, I, I, I now what these results, right? I do see him probably maybe getting a three year deal or something like that. You make right. it front heavy. He might be if 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 they could get him for around five mil, six mil a year or something like that. Right now, I think that's now what the market says. Cut Sean Williams and give him money. Don't cut Sean Williams. Listen, when you take Sean Williams out of coverage, you will see what I'm saying. Take him out of coverage. Only only person that Sean Williams needs to be covering is tight ends. If he can get into that role and he's just a hybrid, come like when Burfick was here, I remember a couple times that I've ever talked to Burfick or whatever, and Pac-Man said this too. He said there are so many teams that they played when Sean Williams was coming downhill, the running back didn't want no smoke. And I never forget that until this day. The games that I go to, the only person who hits I hit every single time is Sean Williams. And last in Sean Williams has a big knack for making plays, bro. And with that, he misses a lot of tackles. But if the focus is out of coverage and now I got high high Clinton Dix back there, I just think his value is and, and, right. It's just an upgrade across the board, man. 54.4 overall. Uh, 58.8 in run defense, 57 in pass rush, 50 in coverage. I'm mad. Like I said, if it comes down, like, let me ask you this. If it comes down to a money thing, right, and it's like you can either take some of this Sean Williams money and get ha-ha. Why you keep on calling that Sean Williams, though? I'm not a, I'm not a huge Sean Williams guy, bro. Hey, like, hold up. I thought you were not, like, yeah, we yeah. can just take Sean Williams money. If you're gonna go that route, hey, and all and all, like and, and, uh, uh, I'm gonna keep it 100. If you're gonna go that route, you might as well look at Drake Kirkpatrick, not Sean Williams. If you want to yeah, get I'm, money, that's cool. If you try to get money, like that's 10 mil right there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you said, why am I always coming for you? He was like, yeah, like, let's just take Sean. How much did Sean Williams make? Like, four million? He make a decent amount of money. Let me see. Uh, he had a good contract. Hold on, let me look at something, too. I want to see if my chest Four years, 20 million. So, yeah, not, not too bad. Like I, just, I just know how the Bengals think. Like, if, when you really think about it, like, anytime that they sign somebody out there, it's always like, like, um, for example, Von says, right? Like they cut him and then they sign like Preston Brown. Like they always do this thing where they like cut somebody and then they sign somebody that's like that exact same position and they go in again. I think they did it with Kevin Minner one year or two after they cut Ray Maluga. But let me, let me, let me get back. I'm getting off track here. Um, <laughs> other moves besides Burrow and shout out my man John Doe. Yeah. Shout out Fuse. Shout out Aaron Carter. What's up, bro? What's up, TJ Patterson? What's up, bro? What's up, who they Dre? Let's see. Um, what do you think about the NFL adding a seven playoff team? We touched on that. Appreciate that, Aaron. Um, do you guys think Thorough? I think he's calling Burrow Thorough will make the Bengals competitive fast. Of course, you know how I feel about it. Zoom. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Uh, let's go through here. Foos, should Joe get an extension this offseason? I'm not sure what that means. They're trying to Joe get Mixon. He's talking about Joe Mixon. Oh, Joe Mixon. Yeah, of course. That's a good question. I want to see. What do you think about that? I, I would love for Joe Mixon to get one. Uh, and I know it's controversial because a lot of people are talking about the running back market is crazy right now. But I would at least give Joe one contract. Now, that second one, I can't say because Joe is only 23 right now. Like, Joe is really only 23. Like, when he was drafted, he was 20 years old. So, he's still got a lot of tread left on the tires. Um, I definitely love to at least give him a contract till he's about 28 or something, 27, um, because that would be the prime years of Joe Mixon. Like, I would hate for him to go somewhere else and just take off um, afterwards. Zim, what do you think? Um, I'm never a proponent of giving a running back a big time contract, but right now our offense doesn't have that much money to give out to other players. And this is the beauty of the four year window of a Joe Burrow. This is, this is why you chase young mother effers will never learn <laughs> a four year window for a quarterback is the most valuable thing in all of a sports, yes, a four-year window of a rookie quarterback that can actually ball is the most 
So that allows you to pay a Joe Mixon, and I would do it. Yes. All right. Uh, Cordy Glenn, trade, cut, or no? I think we've all talked about, we both said that we want oh, to trade. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say this. I have to apologize to Ace. I told Ace that Joe Mixon is 100% going to hold out, right? And all <laughs> I've been reading this whole entire offseason is how Joe Mixon is like, I can't wait to get back on the goddamn field, right? So I think he took that whole thing away from me. But I've been saying, like, hey, um, you know, that Joe Mixon is going to hold out because he, before he was making all these comments. But right, I, I'm yeah. One thing that I will say is that man loves football. It's almost he similar. Been, he, him and Tyler Boyd are ready to go, right? Right, right. Uh, let's see. Why won't the Bengals make an official statement responding to Carson? I don't think that they should. Like, if you listen to um, if you listen to Lap and Dan Hoare, they actually kind of came back at Carson after those comments. But there's no reason for the Bengals, in my opinion, to put out an official statement. Um you know, addressing the pick six king. Like, Carson Palmer was trash. Like, I'm I'm so tired of him blaming, like, the Bengals for all of his problems. Like, the Bengals weren't out there throwing pick sixes. And, like, today, uh, Willie Anderson jumped up on Bengals.com and was like, that had nothing to do with Mike Brown. He was like, I could have blocked better. Carson could have – he didn't say throw a pick. I'm going to say that – he said that Carson shouldn't have thrown a pick, but he basically said Carson could have thrown a better pass. But to me, that is that is what Carson Palmer was to me. He never took accountability for anything. He let Chad basically take all the bullets from the media for a lot of that blame on why the Bengals weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And he never stood up as a quarterback. He's never been a leader. He was always a coward. So I wouldn't even address that coward. Zam, what do you think? Man, they gave Carson Palmer over $100 million. I don't even know why is he acting like Mike Brown didn't do nothing for his life. Like, he had over $100 million. They had like, Carson Palmer, if you talk to him, you'd think that they gave him a turkey sandwich from Subway or something and <laughs> said, go out there and play football. We gave your bum ASS $100 million and you still talking about he wasn't trying to win? Like, we gave you all that. I love how he just skipped over the fact that he played for the Raiders and quit on them too. He was like, oh, I got to Arizona. I was like, hold on. You was in Oakland before Arizona. What happened there? Exactly. Like, it wasn't like he just he, – he had success. He got hurt again. Like, neither here nor there. If y'all ever want to see a clip, uh, my guy – I forget his name, but on uh, Bengals.Wave on Instagram, probably like one of the biggest pages on Instagram, um, he posted the Carson Palmer, like, last play, and I remember this game like it was, like, yesterday. They were playing the Ravens. It was three guys sitting in the end zone, and this is at the end where Carson just flat out just gave up. Like, go watch this play. It reminds me. It reminds me of Dalton fourth and three. I talked about this play when we were last on here. This is that's the play I talked about. He gave up at the end of the game. I remember that. I didn't want. And the players are all just standing there, like we're standing right here, and the Ravens are celebrating. I remember watching. I was like. Why y'all celebrating like I stopped something? He just threw the ball on the ground. Like, like it's like the most insane thing ever. If I ain't know no better, I would think someone paid him to play. Like, like the way he played in that game, like there were so many opportunities. And then that last drive was just the icing on the cake. What are they down? Like 19-13, scoring drive, red zone, three players wide open. Ravens had nobody right there. He just throws the ball like on the ground. Like it's the silliest thing you've ever seen. This is the guy that y'all think was an elite quarterback. This is elite to you. This is elite to Carson, you. A man that it, only it, had it, a it, it, rating twice in his career. Like Carson Palmer is the most overrated player that I've ever heard of in my life. Twenty-two Dalton, interceptions. Dalton was better than Palmer. Twenty-four touchdowns and twenty-two interceptions. Twenty-six and twenty. Like, look at that twenty ten season. That's on Mike Brown. 20 interceptions is on Mike Brown, 26 and 20 again. Like, he was basically like a watered-down Jameis Winston. Get Carson Palmer the F out of here. Like, we don't want to hear about that bum. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's not anything. Why are we even giving him you, any you, kind of credit whatsoever? You, you know what was so funny to me? If you go talk to – remember when there was a – I don't know where these people are anymore. I don't know what cave they had out these days. 
But remember the Burrow haters, right? Before everybody kind of like bought in, we still probably get like one or two percent probably in here. Like, ah, we should trade the pick and 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 be idiots for the rest of our lives. Like, those guys are still here somewhere. But there were so many people that said, "Well, Joe Burrow only did it one year." Go look at Carson Palmer in college, and he was always the number one pick for like two, three years. Like his junior year, versus like, bro. Like, Carson Palmer was absolutely trash up until that last year that he had in college or whatever um, playing football. But he was always supposed to be, like, this Andrew Luck-type guy. But he never had, like, the play on the field match up with that. It kind of <laughs> reminded me of um, – I forgot the guy's name now. Sorry, I, I just had to laugh at this He's message really from Jacob. Is Greg Robinson a better LT left tackle or a better drug dealer? 157 pounds. That is hilarious. Hey, hold on. On what podcast did we ever talk about getting Greg done? Because in my mind, I was thinking, like, he'd be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Up until he picked a new profession. So Jeffrey wants to know what should the Bengals uh, make? I guess who, what moves should they make in the draft other than taking Burrow? There is no other move for me, Jeffrey. Take Burrow. The move that they should do is almost like what they did when they got Cordy Glenn is figure out a way to move Cordy Glenn, get that pick, and then combine some picks, and then we could talk about getting a linebacker earlier than me. That would be something that I would want to see. But for me, cornerback, like, I'm starting to – like, the more I'm starting to watch more highlight films, I got to – we're going to do some shows coming up, and I want to see the combine too. But I got some corners that I think could start, like, day one. And we talking about Darius Phillips. And and the thing that's going on right now is the depth from the cornerback. Like, what are y'all talking about? B.W. Webb? You, you, Darquez Denard didn't really kill it. B.W. Webb can go, too. I'm not but even that, But I'm that. saying there is no – where's the depth at corner? And that's – to me, quarterback is the most important position on the team. But cornerback is the most scrutinized, vilified, like, Micro, like microscope type position on a team, like, and you don't really have depth, and that's something that we always did. And right now, I don't feel too good about our depth at our at our corner. John Doe says corners are stacked. What are you? Where are we stacked? Where are we stacked, John Doe? To be, to be honest with you, I don't think the Bengals. Darquez is not under contract. When's the last time the Bengals picked somebody like this dude? This dude right here. They picked a good linebacker. Like, we might need to our linebacker. So, what so round? What round? Going fine. Odell Thurman at one point. Uh, let's see what we got so here. Hargraves Hargrave yeah, is just a slot, ain't he? Right, Diddy? Yeah, Hargraves is trash. They cut him. Hargraves, yeah, I, I know Bucks fans. Hargraves is trash. Like, the Texans but is, is any just isn't he just in a slot, though? He's not an he outside really, corner. He should play in the slot. Sometimes they play him on the outside. He's really too small for it. They put him in the slot, and he was still getting trapped. What do you think about Logan Ryan? You seen him out there? They've been attaching him to us a lot, too. Yeah, if the price is right. If the price is right, I'm cool with that. Um, okay. Wrapping things up here. Let me see. Let's, have, let's, do, let's do the rapid fire round. Let's just run through them real quick. Rapid fire. I don't really see... Too many things other than 157 pounds of Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody asked for hard grades, like you said. Um, uh, Palmer makes my blood boil. Yep, fuck him. Palmer, Palmer trash. Palmer trash. Facts, Jeffrey. <laughs> corner that left and went to Houston is still yeah. Jonathan Joseph. They never replaced Jonathan Joseph, bro. They never replaced him. That was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. I'm reading the comments. Yeah, they were flaming. They, y'all, y'all, if you guys are listening to this podcast live on your phone or something like that or whatever, in the comments, I mean, you have never seen Carson Palmer get trashed like this before. <laughs> this is gold. This is gold. I want to post all of these comments. This is awesome. Like, no. bro, like, people talk about, like, I'm, I was a Dalton, uh, Dalton hater. Like, y'all should have seen. I wish YouTube was as big back then when Carson was around. Like, I I celebrated the fact that uh, that we got rid of Carson. Like, we were paying him top three quarterback, like, money, and he was out here throwing 20 interceptions. Like, the last straw for me was, I think, that Bucks game. They came down here. They played the Bucks, and I think it was like 
I think it was like two minutes left in the game or something. Like the Bengals still had a chance to win. And he like went out and threw an interception like right to key to lead uh, for basically the game. And I remember like being on Twitter because Twitter was still kind of lit back then. And they were like, somebody made a joke that Carson Palmer threw his keys to his wife. But it was intercepted by one of, one of the defensive players of the Bucks. Like Carson was trash. I used to, but but back then though, I believed in him. Though I used to believe in Dalton too. I, I believe, like I don't. To me, honestly, not I like I, not like I believe in which, not like I believe I think, in Joe Burrow. I think what damaged Carson was the elbow, the elbow. Uh, when he had that elbow injury in like 2007, 2005, Carson Palmer. I sit here and be like, 2005, Carson Palmer. I could say was up there as a top five quarterback in the NFL, but. Like, once he had that elbow injury, like, he came back throwing mega picks. Like, it was a lot of picks, bro. It was a lot of picks over there. Now, I'm not saying he was, like, the worst thing ever. I just feel like Andy Dalton, in a sense, almost kind of outplayed him, which is crazy. And you guys hear we don't really write that much about, you know, Andy Dalton. We don't really, like, praise him or anything. So, like, for me, Carson Palmer was, was decent, but he's not, like, this elite guy that's just this amazing quarterback that like really didn't even do much more than Andy Dalton. Come on. Well, with that people, I think we're coming to a close. A lot of people are saying, um, you know, asking about particular players and stuff. I want to get into the players like on our next show. So please, um, in the meantime, please follow Ace on New Strike City. Please make sure you're sending in, sending all the different guys that you want us to check out too. And what I'm going to do, like, in my spare time, like, when I get breaks and stuff throughout the day, at the very least, I go watch highlights. I have a couple – I got two sites that I go to, and I actually go to try to watch they, where they cut up different games, and I look for different traits. I'm not an analyst, and I'm not claiming to be that, but I do look for some different things, and it does give me a good guide when we start going into the draft. But please send us in, like, some guys that you guys like. Um, that right there is super, super suspect right there. That is the most you suspect really gonna trust the guy that signed up for this ad? You're really trusting that? Bigger than the bun, smoked sausage, bigger links, and bigger taste. <laughs> I'm Carson Palmer eating a large sausage. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Ace just pulled up like the silliest... I think I think you showed me that I want to say like six, seven months ago. Like that's like that's how you look at Carson Palmer's like some sausage eating guy. That's he didn't put chili on that thing. That thing was raw dog. That's a raw dog. No ketchup, nothing, no onion, none of that type of stuff. He was just raw dog and hot dogs. Raw dog. Exactly. Exactly. That's why they TP this house too. <laughs> but thanks, thanks you guys for listening to the uh, Orange is New Black podcast live. Appreciate it. Taking your questions. Um, be sure to subscribe to us. Be sure to subscribe to me and Zem on Twitter at Zem Huday on Twitter. I'm at New Stripe City. Be sure to blow up our mentions. Also, like I said earlier, subscribe or follow Zem on Instagram at Zem underscore Huday. Uh, follow me at New Stripe City on Instagram. And also subscribe to this channel that you guys are watching because yeah. any that we do this will be coming straight live. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, why you saying that too? There is a real good interview on there right now with Austin Gale from PFF on there with John Sharon, um, John Sharon, and um, and um, uh, th- and that's not on. Yeah, and, and Anthony yeah. Show. Um, please go check that out on Sissy Jungle. So if you guys listen to podcasts, please go check that out. Yeah, check them out. Make sure you leave us a review. Um, it's the Orange and Black Insider. Check them out. Also, check out Matt Minich's Chalk oh, Talk God. as well. All sorts of content loaded there. So definitely be sure to check them out. And as usual, we'll leave you guys with a hootay. Hootay!